welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi everyone, it's Natalina, your host of the Rise Up For You podcast. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to have love expert Alexis Mead with us today. She's going to be talking with us about shifting our beliefs around dating and finding love. She helps women find a love of self and confidence and helps them use that in the dating process, being able to shift limiting beliefs and expand what's possible for us in finding love. We talk a little bit about, you know, remembering that you are doing the choosing, even when it doesn't feel like it, when you're going out there and trying to find dates and build a relationship. She's going to talk with us about how to make, you know, dating fun and ways that we can build our confidence and be the best version of ourselves so that we attract positive energy when it comes to romance and relationships and dating. It's a, it's a really awesome episode. Really excited to have Alexis Meets here. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's an honor to have you on the show. I always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me on the Rise Up For You podcast. I'm so excited to be here and happy to share a little bit more about myself. Um, So as you mentioned, my name is Alexis Meads. I'm a dating coach. So what I do is... I help women to empower themselves, essentially, and I work a lot around self-love, building up self-confidence, really looking at those limiting beliefs and helping to release them and and rejuvenate yourself, because that's the process I went through in my own life. And then from there, work on dating tips, dating savvy, helping you get out there, um, overcoming past heartache that can so often hold us back, and figure out what would that ultimate relationship really look like for you and helping to achieve that. So just out of curiosity, um, I always love sure. to, to ask the question to, to our guest expert is, you know, what was the journey that kind of got you to stumble on this new career that you have or, you know, entering the, uh, the dating world and working with women in self-love and confidence? Mm-hmm. Well, what's the story behind that, if you don't mind sharing with us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I get this question so often, and I, I've always thought I need a shorter answer for it because... Like so many things in life, right? It's not an A to B linear path, and, and it hasn't been for me by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I actually had gone to to Harvard for graduate school for sustainability, so I wanted to be in the sustainable food world. I graduated from that program, but thought, you know, before I do that, I felt like I had so much baggage at my life in that time in Boston. I had a lack of self love, and I kept trying to fill it by looking for the right guys, right? I date. I'd be going out. I was burnt out. I wasn't getting any closer to where I wanted to be um, with my goals and in a relationship. So I felt like I just needed to kind of take a pause. So at that time, I moved to Hawaii for four months. I worked on a farm as, as a work trade. And that was really my time to like reset me. And I broke off kind of some some past relationship stuff. I was committed to to healing some of those 
those past heartaches and also beliefs within myself that kept searching for this, this missing piece, that lack of self-love had me continually searching. If I just found the right guy, you know, then I'd be happy. If I just got this, then I'd be happy. So instead I focused on myself. I focused on learning how to say no and set boundaries and do yoga and meditate and dance and be with the earth and eat healthy foods and just rejuvenate myself. And for me, I felt like that was such a big part of my personal journey before then I was ready when I was leaving Hawaii and ready to um, set forth in my career and move back to the States where I, I landed in Portland, Oregon to have that ultimate vision and those new goals of what do I really want my life to look like now and, and what do I want in a relationship? And it was a short time actually after that, that I, that I met my husband and don't get me wrong. It wasn't like lightning struck. I just knew everything's easy peasy from there. And I got married like, no, it was still, you know, it still took work. So that really started off my journey of then I transitioned into coaching and this was five or so five to six years ago. Now but I started up my coaching business. I went back to school for wellness and, and coaching. And I realized that my biggest struggle had been self-love and the way that it manifested itself was always through looking for that perfect relationship and yet never quite finding it right. Never filling up that void that I had within myself. So that in a nutshell is what brought me onto the journey of doing this work with other women and realizing that this is such a needed piece for, for so many other women in their lives as well. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show because, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's definitely needed um, for women. I think it's the the one topic that, you know, we can't seem to get right. It, it's the one thing that we're always, you know, thinking about or complaining about or wanting more of is is love and, and going on dates and having romance. And you said something that was very insightful that when you were going through this process, you kind of turned the mirror on yourself. Okay, like what is it that, that I need to work on so that I'm not attracting these men or so that I'm not putting myself in these, you know, specific situations. I mean, how, how do we get to that point as women and, and take a look and say, okay, maybe I need to do some inner work. Maybe it's not that all men are jerks, right? And there's nobody out there for me and I'm <laughs> going to be alone for the rest of my life. And, you know, love yeah. just isn't for me. You know, how do we, I mean, I, I think that there's two things that tend to happen and please correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm not an expert in this field, but either we tend to you know, really bash ourselves verbally, like, oh, I'm just not good enough. And I, you know, love will never come to me. And, you know, I'm not worthy of it. Or we make all these excuses out there, right, that don't have anything to do with us, as mentioned, like, love just isn't for me. And there's no good guy out there. And nobody's gonna be able to appreciate me. How do we find that middle ground of understanding that maybe we just need to adjust our patterns a little bit, so that we are attracting what it is that we really want? And how do we get to that point of knowing what we want. It's a lot right, in that question. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there is a lot in that question. But no, thank you, Netta. That's a, a great question and so important because you really hit the nail on the head is what happens when we feel like essentially maybe we're failing in some aspect of our life, right? Is we either start to blame ourselves, which is often the most detrimental blame of all. When we go to that place of the negative self-talk of what's wrong with me, no guys like me, maybe I'm just not good enough. And we put that all on ourselves or we go the opposite direction where we just say, Hey, there's no guys out there. Or there's no great guys in the city. Um, I hear all the time. I live in Portland, Oregon. And so many women here just say, well, dating just sucks in Portland. Right. And we kind of make that blanket statement. Um, and often we're somewhere kind of in the middle where we're blaming both 
both aspects, ourselves and the circumstances, because to be honest, blaming the circumstances is a little bit easier than blaming ourselves, right? But at the same time, you know, kind of what you're saying is that you have to look at when something in your life just isn't working, it's causing you a lot of pain, the common denominator is always you. And the first step is to take full responsibility for that going forward. And this does not mean to put blame. This does not, you know, does not mean to look back at a past relationship and regret it or say, I shouldn't have done that. Or if only I wasn't so this or this, it's just simply to say, you know what? I choose to take responsibility for my love life going forward. And this is a common denominator. So what are those patterns that I see? And for me, the patterns that I saw at that time in my life was that even one of the best relationships I ever had in my life, my, my college boyfriend who I was with about five years on and off, I had a lot of, I was holding on to a lot from that. I had a lot of heartbreak, but even in that relationship, I always wanted more. It's like, as soon as I got bored, my ego, part of me, part of me, part of me, part of me, was, was driving me to say, well, maybe if I just get someone else out on this, or bigger and better, or more handsome, or whatever it might be, then I'll feel better about myself. And the pattern manifested by always chasing after men. I shouldn't say always. I don't want to blank at that. But I noticed <laughs> that a pattern would be that I would start chasing after men that were, were attractive or successful or this or that, but that were not either totally into me, not willing to commit or not emotionally available. And that would put me into this like desperation of only if I could be more of like the cool girl or if only I could do this or maybe if I just look pretty enough or whatever it might be. It was like this desperate energy, right? If I could just make them come around and like me, then I'll be good enough. And of course, I never voiced this to myself at the time, but that's what was going on on a subconscious level. And then on the other hand, I date guys who are great, who are great guys. You know, you might say good on paper. I, I don't usually like to use that term, but there was nothing wrong with them, right? But yet I'd go on these dates. They'd be interested in me. They'd be perfectly nice guys. And I wouldn't feel a thing. You know, because I wasn't comfortable with being treated the way that ultimately I said I wanted to be treated in a relationship. So you have to look at your patterns and from there take responsibility to say, what do I need to start doing now? Do I need to take a pause? What's the inner work I need to do? Work with a coach, take a break, you know, and from there, see how you want to move forward. Do you find that uh, typically you know, the work is associated with self-love. I mean, I guess the question is, is, you know, is it possible to just not be great in this field and it not be associated with self-love? I, I think I could use myself as a good example because I know myself best. Sure. Um, you know, I, sure. I, I'm pretty good with self-love and, you know, confidence, but date, I just don't, I shouldn't say I don't do well with dating. It just hasn't worked for me yet. And I do do a lot uh -huh. of self-work. So I guess I, 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 the question is, is do you have people that, you know, do have self-love and they do have confidence, but maybe there's something else that's just not working that's getting in the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I tell clients, too, who do feel like they struggle with self-love, which are, where, where it doesn't sound like that's where you're at, per se. But I let them know, too, that there's never going to be a point where you feel like, okay, I'm good now. You know, like, I totally right. love myself. I have this thing down. Now I'm ready for a relationship. Because you know what? a relationship is going to bring up all your crap, like no matter what, it's the biggest mirror we often have. So realize that a lot of the work starts there too. Like there's never a point where it's like, okay, I've done this all love work. Now I'm ready. It's just a stepping stone. It's just a piece of the puzzle. 
And of course, there's other things. I have, I have clients too who are extremely successful women, you know, do great in their careers, would consider themselves as having great interpersonal skills, really confident, and yet something is standing in their way. And to something as complicated as love, I'm not going to pretend that there's an easy answer, that it's always A to B and, you know, you diagnose something and then it just it just changes. That's not always the case. I mean, it's, it's a complicated thing. And sometimes it's just a matter of, like you said, maybe it hasn't worked for you quite yet, but having that faith that it will and that there's a bigger plan in place. And yet oftentimes, you know, even with, with a client, I'm thinking of her right now, who's confident, she has friends, she's doing well, like it's not that for her, but she knows that there's still something blocking her. And part of it right now is that when you see things patterns happening over and over, like for her, it just feels like dates just don't work out. There's no good guys. Then you get, start to get stuck in that mindset of maybe this will just never be, Mm. or there's just no good guys left out there at my age or whatever it is. So even if it's as simple as starting there, like looking at those beliefs that you've maybe accumulated over time and thinking, well, are these serving me anymore? Maybe I need to start shedding these and adopting some new, more empowering beliefs for where I'm at right now. When you're working with your clients um, and just in general, when you know, you're know you doing research and stuff, what do you find are some of the, I guess, the top conflicting things that happen when somebody is starting to date and get into a relationship? Do, do you see that maybe they become needy or they self-sabotage? What are the top couple things you, you notice? Sure. So I think that the biggest thing when you start getting into a relationship, especially if, if things are starting to work out at first and you're kind of in the honeymoon phase and typically a few months down the road, you, both you and your partner, your fears will start coming up. And whatever those fears might be are different for each person. I, to speak for myself, you know, looking back on it, my parents didn't particularly have a great marriage. They ended up getting divorced. Um, so when I was, was with my husband at first, all of those fears came up of, is marriage really for me? Can you have marriage and passion and love. Is this the right one? A lot of fear comes up around, am I making the right decision? Like if I move forward in this relationship, is this actually the right person? So I see that happening a lot. That question of, you know, if I leave, will I regret it? But if I stay, am I making the right choice of that commitment? Mm. So that's a big fear that that comes up as, as one of the main things. And one thing that always stood out to me, and I, I love this, it still is in my memory, when I was first dating my husband, we were a couple months in, I just like word vomited like all these fears to him, right? And it was all these what if statements, like what if this and what if you move and what if it doesn't work out and what if we're not meant to be together? And I just was like a ball of anxiety. And he's so my rock, like he's just that kind of person. I remember he just calmly looked at me and said, what if this is perfect? Like what if this is the best thing ever? And I was just like, oh. Like you have to, as those fears come up, you have to start asking yourself a better quality question and turning it around to what if this is the right decision? Like, what if I can trust myself and my gut to know what to do? You know, what if this is exactly where I meant to be on my path? So just that little switch for me, just calm that part of myself that was just the mind and full of fear and anxiety, right? And those questions, those fearful questions are going to look a little bit different for everyone, but they're always going to come up. So you have to begin to be able to start seeing them for what they are and turning them around and asking yourself a higher quality question. You know, I think that's a really, that's a really great story. And it said so much because 
you know, you're right. There's a lot of fears that come up and, but you basically just showed us that if the partner is right, it'll be right. So, you know, instead of you saying your fears and then the partner, you know, building on those fears, he actually helps support you in the fear where there's a lot of times where you might say your fear and then the other person will run. I'll be like, you know what? This isn't working. You know, you have too much, too much anxiety in the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but the opposite happened where instead of running, he said, okay, well, let's, let's work on this. And maybe, maybe this is a beautiful thing and kind of help support, you know, the anxiety, the anxious part of you. So that, I mean, that story just kind of resonated because mm. yeah, that fit, mm-hmm. right? It was right. He balanced your fears. Yes. Yes, exactly. And they, Tony Robbins says that anyone's response to you is either a loving response or a cry for help. And in this case, for me, it was a cry for help. It wasn't telling him these fears because I wanted him to believe all them. It was a cry for help of like, I want to work through this with you. So know too that if your partner comes to you and has those fears, and if you're going to be in a long-term committed relationship, you have to be able to listen to each other and support each other at different times to work through those. So Yes, like you said, you know, someone might run in the other direction, but then they might not, they're just not the right person for you, or they're not ready for that commitment at that time. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily spill all of that on the first date. <laughs> but, you know, if you're starting to think about getting more serious, then the right person will be able to see you through that, and you have to stand strong in yourself to be able to do the same for them as well. Do you think that, uh, is it possible to over-communicate, communicate too much? Hmm. Interesting question. Can I ask you a little bit more what you mean by that? Um, I, I, you know, there's so much, you know, we're inundated with information out there, you know, uh, uh-huh. I'll just Google search engines and specifically in this relationship with, with love and romance and dating and self-love because sure. it's what people want. It's, it, it, you know, it's the dopamine that triggers off when you, when you have that relationship and there's so much uh-huh. information that's out there that says, oh, well, don't share too much. Or make sure that you communicate how you feel, but you don't want to communicate too much because you don't want to overwhelm them and you don't want to turn the man off. And then he goes into his man cave and then communication shuts down. You know, there's just so much information that goes back and forth. So I was just interested on your take of, is it possible to over communicate how you feel and turn the other person off or shut the other person down? It's always possible to turn the other person off or shut them down. But realize that the more information that you you get and the more rules you put around yourself, the more fearful you're going to become. I am absolutely not a real a rules-based coach. I have some, some tips and tricks and things that tend to work. But generally, I would just say that at the beginning of a relationship, if this makes it more simple, you know, I recommend just staying in your personal power. Like, don't give yourself over too soon. And that's not a trick to say, don't show all your cards or don't over-communicate. It's just saying, you know, still remember who you are, what you have going for you. If you have a career or great friends or family or whatever it is, so that if he texts you, you're not necessarily jumping at the text because you still are living your life. Um, Because you do, when you're starting to get to know someone, if you think back to our our grandparents' day and age, right, they couldn't over-communicate. You know, they might have met for a date and it was great and then there's some mystery and they're getting to know each other, and then they maybe have to wait another week before they meet again. So I do agree, Netta, that there is something to be said about having some mystery, you know, in that beginning and realizing that's a getting to know you period. And I wouldn't recommend on a first date, for example, like 
sharing everything about how horrible your ex-boyfriend was and all these things going on in your life. Like, keep it light and keep it fun and, and just look at it as I'm getting to know this person. They're getting to know me. And we're just at the beginning of this. And you stay in your personal power. You, you stick to all the amazing things in your life that you have going for you so that you're not, you know, instantly like j- jumping to um, answer a text or over communicate. But that being said, I want you to be who you are first and foremost, you know, and if, if you scare off someone because you're just being who you are, then it's not because you said the wrong thing. It just wasn't a fit. Mm, that was a really great answer. Just wanted to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for your time with us. I'd love to jump into the power section. There are just a couple quick questions, um, and and sure. obviously you'll just respond back with with your answer, whatever comes to mind. Uh, what's one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Uh, great question. You know, I thought a little bit about this because I, I knew that you're going to ask from your your podcast I listened to before. There's been so many great books. So I'm just going to tell you a book that I happen to be reading now that I'm finding really empowering. Um, so I've been reading The Queen's Code and it's about relationships and specifically about kind of feminine and masculine energy and communication, but just more about appreciating the masculine too and communicating your relationships. And I've really been finding it quite empowering and really helpful, not just for my relationship with my husband, but also understanding other men in my life, my son or people I work with or or speak to. So for me, that's been great to kind of understand what makes a relationship really work and the communication. And it's also opened my eyes to seeing how often like we tend to emasculate men in these small ways, you know, and I realized like how I do it with my husband when I didn't even realize I was doing it, but how it doesn't you know, it doesn't put them up and make a relationship stronger. And I've just been seeing all these kind of little shifts now around me about how, you know, just a a small tweak in my own communication or the way that I support my husband or talk to my son or another man or a client or someone else, it's made a huge difference. So it's a great book, would absolutely recommend it. Yeah. And what's one thing you've accomplished that you're proud of? Um. (sighs) it's hard to choose from. I mean, graduating from Harvard towards the top of my class was definitely a big accomplishment, but I think at that time just kind of breezed over it, like onto the next thing. Um, but I'm, I'm absolutely proud of that, but even more so, you know, just learning to be a good mom to my almost two year old son, that has been by far the hardest thing in my (laughs) life. And, um, I'm feeling good about it where I'm at now. So I'm extremely proud of that. What's one value that you've, that you have that you've always stuck with throughout your journey? You know, just one thing that you've, that you never lost and you didn't, you never compromised. Hmm. Great question. I think for me, one of my highest values is a sense of independence and freedom. And even, I think that's why commitment was so scary for me, particularly with marriage too, but even in my relationship. I've been able to develop that trust and, and integrity and honesty with my husband so that we can keep that, that depend, interdependence, I should say, and that sense of independence and freedom. So that it's okay if I go do my own thing or go out with friends or want to travel and if he does the same and we do it together sometimes, but sometimes not. And for me, that's just a value, like why I moved to Hawaii for four months to work on a farm that I just hold so near and dear in my heart and just part of who I am. If you only had one last message to give to everyone, maybe your, your last golden nugget is what we call it, what would you say? 
It's a great question. You know, I think especially because we are talking about love and dating and it's a complicated thing. It's not a simple ABC, like do this type of thing. Just have faith that if you're in a position like I was just a few years ago where you're feeling a little bit lost in it, it doesn't feel like it's working for you. Just have faith that you are deserving of love and that you will find it and just have that confidence in being who you are and that who you are is enough. And um, before we wrap up with our final question, what does the phrase rise up for you mean to you when you hear it? Hmm, great question. You know, what it means to me when I first heard it was to find that strength within yourself and not just for yourself, but to find that strength and be the best version of you, which I know is sort of an overused statement, but that's what I think of, like, really bringing out that essence of who you are so that you can spread it to others and spread it to the world around us that is so badly in need of it. Alexis, thank you so much today for joining us. Um, It's really been such an honor to have you on the show. How do we stay connected and how do we support you? I'm sure there's a, a ton of audience members that would love to learn more about you and connect with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Netta, for having me on the show. Again, I'm so honored to be here. You can find me. My website is www.alexismeads.com, my first and last name.com. There's a free video training series on there. If you go to alexismeads.com forward slash gift, it'll take you right to the free training series. It's three videos to get you jumpstarted in your love life, get over this hurdle of dating frustration, and there's tons of resources, tips, videos, articles on my website. Wonderful. Thank you again so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining the Rise of You podcast. Again, this is your host, Natalina. We want to make sure that outside of the podcast, you're still growing and always getting continuous knowledge and our six pillars. So we want to make sure that you head over to our website, www.riseofyou.com and take full advantage of the free resources and the benefits that we have there. We have articles and contributors from around the world. We have a number of other podcast episodes, webinars, and a ton of tools and strategies and tips that are going to help you rise up to the next step professionally and personally. Personally, you can find us on every social media avenue. We're on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Rise Up For You. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Everything is at Rise Up For You, and we would love for you to join us. And definitely, you're going to want to head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, and get your free startup kit. We have compiled the top podcast interviews, the top webinars, and the top articles that fall in our six pillars, plus a free startup guide, the six pillars to a process first life that's going to help you take that first step to really finding and building the life that you want professionally and personally. So again, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you get access to that startup kit for free. And don't forget to share. Our main mission is to empower, educate, and connect women globally. And we need your help to do that. So please help us spread the word, spread the message, share our content, share what Rise Up For You is about, and help us help you and other women around the world. Thank you again for joining us. Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.